Epiphenomenalism is the claim that the contents of consciousness, indeed consciousness itself, has no effect on anything in the physical world. Mental events may arise because of physical ones. You feel happy because certain neurotransmitters like serotonin exceed a particular threshold, say. Or the sky seems blue to you because particular cone cells in the retina are excited by particular photons of light. But the reverse is never true. Physical events do not arise because of mental ones. Only physical events cause other physical events. The physical world follows deterministic laws. Know the laws and know the conditions, initial or otherwise, of the particles in the universe and in principle, everything follows as a matter of logical necessity. Everything is thus determined, predetermined if you like, at the moment of creation that was the Big Bang. So we have at least some thing coming from no thing. Physical reality came from something that wasn't that. Or rather, existence came from non-existence. Something came from nothing at least once anyways. Even if you believe in God, you think that God came from nothing, he just always was. But in the case of the Big Bang and the universe, we know that it had a beginning because all the lines of evidence point to a particular solution, that the universe had a beginning. It has not existed forever. The universe does not stretch backwards in time indefinitely or infinitely. It had a beginning. All of physical reality did. So the universe came out of nowhere. Or physical reality did. Or existence did. Put it how you like. The beginning of everything thus sets in stone every other thing that ever happens anywhere ever until the end of time on the physics and metaphysics of mainstream determinism. What place, therefore, is there in this world for stepping outside of the purely physical? We may have mental events, curiosity, joy, fear, love, excitement, tension, contentment, happiness, and all of their opposites and more, but not one of them has any actual effect on anything in the physical world because they are not physical, they are mental. They are just experiences happening in the minds of a certain kind of higher ape. Insofar as happiness exists in the world, it exists in truth on this account solely as a certain blend and concentration of serotonin, dopamine and other neurotransmitters across many synapses in a human brain and it is just what it feels like to have that amount of those neurotransmitters. The feeling itself of those chemicals in the brain has no further effect. It is an epiphenomenon, in other words. Now that is a terrible explanation. In one foul swoop, it seems to try sweeping away the explanation of any mental or conscious phenomenon by saying nothing is explicable, nor does it need any explanation. In other words, here we have a problem. What is this thing consciousness? Why should a particular concentration of serotonin and dopamine or any other blend of neurotransmitters feel any way at all? Why should the sky look that color blue or the grass that color green? Why should chocolate taste as it does and nothing like smoked mussels? All of these qualia epiphenomena but calling them epiphenomena is just avoiding the problem. 
it's not a solution. It just says of all this problem, there is no solution. Those sensations and the capacity to have an experience of the world at all do nothing to the world. They serve no purpose. They exist for no reason. You are on a train through life and you've no choice but to follow the rails. What you experience, you experience necessarily. All was fixed long before your birth on this view. It was fixed at the beginning of time and now the particles which constitute the universe of which your body and brain are composed follow trajectories set at the start of all things. Your choices, therefore, are illusory. Your experiences, epiphenomena. But why? Why should the universe be so constituted as to contain epiphenomena? And in what sense do these epiphenomena exist? If the physical is all there is, why does anything feel like anything at all? Why should the blue sky look just that hue of blue? Why should anyone be aware of it? Why can't the universe just evolve without anyone experiencing anything? Sometimes all of this is labelled the hard problem of consciousness. Why should anything seem any way at all? In a deterministic universe described by objective physical laws, what place is left for subjectivity? Why should drinking alcohol or coffee feel a particular way? Feel good to many people? Why should anything feel good except that it motivates people to do what feels good, to pursue pleasure and avoid pain? But what possible place can motivation have in a deterministic universe? Where everything is set in motion and set to happen, at the beginning of all things, why should anything be motivated to do anything in a universe where motivation is not required for things to get done? Unless, that is, not everything is determined at the Big Bang. Maybe some things are created later, and some things will be created only if entities are motivated to bring them into being. So being motivated to pursue joy or pleasure and avoid pain and suffering can help be one of the causes for an organism to survive, or at least its genes to. Sure, it's not perfect in evolutionary terms. We humans, among other creatures, are liable to overdo it on alcohol and sugar in particular, among other things. But why is any of this pleasure and pain stuff there at all from an evolutionary standpoint? In evolutionary terms, because it seems to facilitate problem-solving, pursue pleasure, avoid suffering. These are good survival heuristics for a person. Now, I am a thoroughgoing determinist, but I want to suggest a form of determinism consistent with what we know of reality as it is. That salvages a purpose for consciousness in the physical world. On this topic I have spoken and written before. I wondered then if consciousness and creativity were the same thing. The fact is that not only do we experience the world, but we can even agree about some of our experiences. This is not to say that what I see as blue is identical to what you see as blue, or what you feel as joy feels identical to what I feel as joy, but if we are both down on our luck with bills piling up and buy a lottery ticket in a moment of exacerbation only to win against all the odds, we feel joy. Now maybe your joy feels different to my joy, I don't know, but that we both enjoy the feeling, we both find it a positive experience of some sort, this is something we share. 
In terms of evolution, this explains why most foods taste good and most toxins are bitter. But again, if all is predetermined, why should any of that be needed? Why should sugar taste sweet and old milk sour? Evolution had to create that knowledge of what things taste like. Organisms attracted to sugar found energy more reliably and passed on their genes. Those that did not avoid the sour milk got sick and possibly died by consuming toxin-producing bacteria. Sensors allow for sensations to be honed so organisms can reliably move towards what was more beneficial while avoiding that which would do them harm. But the epiphenomenalists can argue either the taste of sugar just is a physical thing, sugar is sweet is more than just a description on this account, it is more like a necessary truth of some kind. Sweetness on this view has no subjective aspect to it, that's an illusion, it's a manner of speaking. When such things are said, all I can retort is that to my ear, I do not know what they are talking about, if it's just a manner of speaking. A manner of speaking nonsense, I would say. Nothing about the shape of the sucrose molecule cries out, sweetness here. Particular receptors had to evolve in tongues and certain ideas encoded in brains for that to follow. Or the epiphenomenalists can argue, sure, sugar does taste sweet, but it's not the tasting sweet that causes people to more often seek out sugary things. That's an illusion. People are just doing things because the laws of physics determine they will. Sugar's sweet taste has absolutely zero effect on your having a second bowl of ice cream. That second bowl of ice cream was determined to be eaten by you at the beginning of time. But was it? If it was, then I can see the epiphenomenalists having a point. They may still be wrong, but they have a point. It would be unnecessary for any experience to be an experience if pure physical determinism or physicalism were true. In other words, anything that happens to a person and happens to have sensations associated with it, those sensations, the subjective content of experience, serve no purpose. They exist, they do nothing. But what if you're having a second bowl of ice cream just was not determined at the Big Bang? What if you, as a person, did things because you wanted to? What if that was the true explanation? Now, on the everything happens because of some prior cause account of the world, backwards in time to the beginning of time, then your wanting anything has no effect on what happens. Your want, the feeling of desire, is again an epiphenomenon. It just comes along for the ride without serving any causal purpose in the world. But what if it was not? If it really is not, then your want, your desire, really is the reason you have the second bowl of ice cream. And you do so because it's sweet and maybe you've a sugar craving after a 10-kilometer run and you wanted to do the run because of the second bowl of ice cream you had the night before and you're beginning to look like a guy who enjoys a second bowl of ice cream a little too often. In other words, you have your reasons. And at the level of physics, what if it's possible for you to literally create an idea in your head? Like, how about I have another bowl of ice cream? What if no set of neural firings prior 
to some idea ever determines some of your ideas. They originate entirely within you. You are the one who has those ideas. They arise spontaneously, in some sense, in you, like a spark. But you create them. You are the creator. You are the knowledge creator. Nothing else is the cause of the idea but you. This would mean that physical reality is so constituted that not all information or knowledge is there in any sense and determined to be there in reality at the Big Bang, even given perfect knowledge of the physical laws and initial conditions at that moment. Not only is knowledge yet to be created, inherently unpredictable before it is created, but even in principle, it is not determined to be created in a very real sense, precisely because of what to be created means. It means it is not there in some other form or any form prior to it coming into being, prior to the act of creation, and in particular, the act of creation occurring in the mind of a person. Epiphenomena are, on any account, a bad explanation. A better explanation is consciousness and its contents facilitate the creation of knowledge. Creation. This knowledge was not there at the Big Bang in any form. Knowledge creation in particular, explanation creation, is creation ex nihilo, of a kind. Sure, it's not entirely ex nihilo, in the sense the Big Bang itself seemingly was, but it is of a kind, if not identical to what apparently occurred with all of physical reality. What I am saying is, we people are the equivalent of a kind of singularity. From one singularity came all of existence, but from others come ideas. So it is not so ridiculous to claim something can come into existence out of nowhere. As I have said, as we have already observed, so far as we know, the entire universe, all of physical reality came from nothing. What if the universe itself can contain entities within it from which things can also come from nowhere? From the singularity that existed at the moment of the Big Bang came everything. What if the analogue of a singularity exists in the mind of a person and this initiates ideas? What we are doing moment to moment is encountering problems. We experience joy and we strive for it and contentment and kindness and we try to avoid suffering and boredom and cruelty. It would make far more sense if consciousness and its contents were there to guide us in solving our problems, moving towards good and away from evil, finding paths to make progress and increase joy while reducing suffering. To do so, we need to create explanatory knowledge, ideas about what is and what might be. On this view then, the sweetness of sugar, the blueness of the sky, emotions of fear and love and all the rich contents of our subjective experience of the world serve a causal role. They are not epiphenomena, but key to the literal creation of knowledge. They are the why about why we create knowledge. We have a problem because we are curious, or we are suffering, or we want to have more fun. What if, and here the conjecture becomes admittedly a little more wild, the Big Bang contained within it 
all that was needed to determine that entities would arise in the universe whose behaviour was not determined by anything that happened at the Big Bang. The Big Bang brought into being a universe that obeyed physical laws. Those physical laws apply to everything in the universe, but as we often hear, they break down when applied to what's happening inside of, for example, a black hole. If a black hole were a naked singularity, so it is said, perhaps TV sets could come out of them. And the reason? Because the regular physical laws, as we understand them, break down inside such singularities. Our understanding of causation fails. TV sets may as well come out of such things, therefore, because regular laws of physics do not seem to apply. We don't understand how they apply, not very well. So what if people are the only real naked singularities? What if TV sets can come out of people? After all, in truth, they did. TV sets came from the imaginations of people. It's either that, which at least explains something, or television sets came from the first singularity, that which inflated and expanded at the moment of creation. From that Big Bang event came hydrogen stars, galaxies, planets, people, and eventually television sets. So television sets come from singularities. Whether that's the Big Bang or something in the mind of a person, make your choice. But one of those is merely predictive. The other at least contains the nascent beginnings of an explanation.